Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. You know, you say, well, you know, I thought, man, we got saved. It was just a bed of roses. Has anybody ever had the bed of roses when they got saved? No. No. And, you know, we're going to talk just for a few minutes in a, in a minute here about the promised land. Promised land's not heaven. The promised land's salvation. And they had to fight for everything they got in the promised land. Because the enemy, and we have an enemy, doesn't want you to have the promise. And you've been, you, you know, don't tune out on me. I'm trying to help you today. I want to help you receive the things of God. Everything I have in my life, I've got it by faith. But you know what? I didn't know anything about faith when I married my wife. Well, how can you say that I've married her by faith? Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. I made a covenant relationship with her. God started teaching me faith and her, and now it's faith. It's been faith for years. Our marriage is by faith. And it's just been so, no. It's been, it's had its ups and downs. But we are standing on the Word of God. We stand on the promises of God. You know, my hair, I get uglier every day. But you know what? The grace of God's on her to love me. Come on. Come on. The grace of God's on you to do what God's called you to do. Okay, boy, that just, don't, you better grab, get your catcher's mitt on today. There's a lot of stuff going to be coming out, and you better snag what's yours. Amen? Amen. So if you got your, if you got your notes, get your pen out. Because I'm, I'm going to be traveling and I'm going to lay out a lot of information. Some of the stuff we've taught and ministered on. And some we're going to go a little deeper than maybe your grade level. Where's Mark at? Mark's in here. He's in the seventh grade. Why is he in the seventh grade? Because that's where he's supposed to be. Some of you in the seventh grade. Spiritually. Some of you in the second grade. Spiritually. Some of you are a senior. Spiritually. Some of you think you're a senior. And some of you are in the second grade, but you think you're a senior. And you know how little kids are. They want to grow up. They want to be big. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, the preacher preached, Jesus is coming. I said, wait a minute. I want to drive. I want to get a car. Jesus is coming. I said, wait a minute. I want to get, a, I want to get married. The preacher said, Jesus is coming. I said, wait, I want some kids. The preacher said, Jesus is coming. And I said, oh, I got a house note, car notes, insurance on these kids. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Our perspective changes in life. But we have to grow, 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 grow. Don't be thinking that you know everything about faith. Because it's not by having heard it one time. It's about living it. It's about hearing it and living it and hearing and living it. Let's go over faith just real quick. Look at your first scripture right there. 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful. How many know God is faithful? Period. God is faithful. He's the anchor that holds. That's what our brother talked about. Paul said, man, I've been up, down. I, I, I know what it is to sleep in manure. I know what it is to eat the finest. I've been it all over. But God's faithful. God's good. God is faithful. He's reliable, trustworthy, and ever true to his promise. He can be depended on. And through him, you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, Glory. God's reliable. Well, sometimes he does and sometimes he don't. And that's preached. 
Sometimes he does and sometimes he don't. No, God always does. And it's up to us to get in the place to receive. Okay, I got three with me. Stay with me. I want everybody with me here in a minute. John 6, 28 through 29. This is the work of God that you believe. That means to adhere to, trust in, rely on, and have faith in the one whom he sent. That's what God wants you to do, believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Now, now, now the devils believe in Jesus and they tremble. But we're going to believe in Jesus. We're going to go and take it a further step. We're going to believe and receive the things of God. They cannot. We can. Smile and say, man, I can. Come on. Look at somebody and say, I can. And say, you can too. Romans 12, 3. As God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You have faith. You have faith. Say, I've got it. i got faith. God has given you faith. You need to develop it. Develop your faith, second grader. Move to the third grade. Come on, senior, go to college. Come on, move into the great things of faith. Move into the deeper things. Romans 1.17 in the NIV says, The gospel shows us how God makes people right with himself, that it begins and ends with faith. Everything begins and ends with faith. Those who are right with God will live by trusting in Him. The gospel of righteousness is revealed. The righteous live by faith. The just shall live by faith. That's the King James Version. We live by faith. Everything you do is by faith. Everything you have is by faith. Well, I don't have everything I want, Pastor Brett. Then just develop your faith in that. Okay, don't look at me like that. What? There is a promise for everything that you need. There's a promise in the Word of God for everything that you need. Well, I, don't, I, I didn't get it, so I don't think it may not be God's will for me to have it. That's baloney. That's a lie, too. If there's a promise in the Word of God, it's yours. You've got to get in the place to go after it and receive it. It's the promised land. Go take it. Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, He'll give it to me. That's a lie. Go get it. You pursued your wife. I dated my wife, and she dated me. I drove by her house. She's sitting on the porch. I wonder why she's sitting on. She's waiting on me to drive by so she could wave at me. This is back in the day when we was 13, 14, 15. Come on. She was waiting on me to drive by. It's the only reason she was out on the porch. And you know what? I started looking for her. I pursued her. Why aren't you pursuing the promises of God? Well, I'm waiting on it just to happen. It wouldn't have happened if we didn't pursue each other. If she said, you know what, I don't want you, I'd have to move on. But God said, all the promises of God are yes and amen to you. And that's what you've been missing. You have missed the part that you've got to go after it. Go after it. Man, it's a fun time, too. It's a fun thing to go after the things of God. We were made to have the promises. You are the house of God, the house of promise. You're the house of promise. Come on, quit living in rejection. Quit looking at what you don't have and start looking at the Word of God and looking at the promises. Okay, I got a lot to go through, and I'm already on it, huh? Y'all wake up. Bump on somebody and say, wake up. (laughs) Hebrews 11, 6. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want to get God's attention? Get in faith. 
Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And what? He's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. He gives his promises to those who seek him. Woo! The blessing is in the promise. Seek it. Come on, it's a treasure hunt. If I told you there was $1,000 under one of these seats, there wouldn't be a seat not flipped over, would it? Come on, I've been in those meetings. Hey, there's a gift card under somebody's seat. Man, we was flipping seats. It was a $200 gift card to the finest restaurant. And my wife was sitting in the chair. Hey, it's called the favor of God, isn't it? Because there's a bunch of heathens in there. <laughs> but my deal is everybody was looking. But the problem is nobody's looking for God and his promises. Because religion will tell you, well, the Lord is going to get you. No, the Lord has sent Jesus to give you the promises. And that what we just read, believe in his son and come on, start going after the promises. You have a right. As an American, you have rights. As a Christian, you have rights. And you know what? We've sat back and let our rights as an American erode away and erode away and erode away. So has the church with the rights of God. We let the, you know, it just erode and erode. And come on, go after the promises of God. His word is still true. The, the, the mental mind, the people will tell you, well, that Bible's old, it's old, it's old. It's not, the Bible says, and it's true, there's nothing new under the sun. There's no new kind of sex. There's no new kind of drugs. They had drugs before Jesus. They had drugs. They had alcohol during Jesus' day. Jesus was tempted by hookers. Jesus was tempted by male prostitutes. He was tempted by drugs. He was tempted by everything. The Bible says he was tempted in every manner they were tempted in. But he overcame. That's a promise. If he overcame, he's on the inside of me. I can overcome. Come on. I, I, I ask you to say, this is a promise. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Every morning you need to get up. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in me. The greater one lives in me. The greater one lives in me. Oh, I know I'm weak in my flesh, but the greater one lives in me. He's my strength. That's a promise. Jesus said, lo, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's why he sent the Spirit of God. It goes with you everywhere. You go to the moon, the Spirit of God's there. Go to Mars, the Spirit of God's there. People want to go to Mars. Why do they want to go to Mars? Let's get on the promises right here. There's no promise on Mars. Well, there are, but you know what? They're right here. You can walk in them here. Okay. <laughs> Come on. What, what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified says it this way. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We read that. It is the confident assurance that, we, that what we hope for the divine guarantee, look at there, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. I know there's a heaven. I've never been there. I've never seen Jesus physically. I've never been to heaven, but I know there's a heaven because the Word of God. And the Spirit of God on the inside of me gives me that assurance that the Word's true, that heaven's true, that Jesus is real. You can have the same assurance. I'm not anybody special. I got this assurance before I became a pastor. I sought that assurance. Because, man, I was up and down and up and down, afraid of storms, afraid of this, afraid of water, afraid of that. Fear gripped here, fear gripped there. But I overcame fear by faith. And I learned to trust God. 
Come on, come on, let's trust God today. Look at them, read it one more time. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for. The house you live in, is it yours? You say, well, mine and the banks, but you know what? They can't kick you out as long as you make it doing what's right, huh? Is your car you drive in today? If somebody, if you walk out in the parking lot and your car's gone, what's going to go through your head? Somebody stole my car. When you see a promise in the Word that you're not walking in, you got somebody stole that from me. Woo! Somebody stole it from me. Devil, get off of that promise. That's mine. Wake up to the promises today. Come on. And, and let's look. Faith comprehends it as fact. What cannot be experienced in the physical senses. I cannot prove to you that their heaven is real except by the Spirit of God. I can't prove the Spirit of God except by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit proves to you that He's real. And He'll reveal things to you uh, through people, through experience. The Holy, the, wow, that was God. That was God, that was God, that was God there. That was God when I was in the seventh grade. That was God when I was a senior. That was God when I got married. That was God before I, I, I moved. That was God opened the door for this. Because you're pursuing him and you start looking back at the things of God. Faith is seeing way, the way God sees. And if you read the word, you'll see the way God sees. Ephesians 1.8. I want to read this translation. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded. That the eyes of your heart. Remember the song we used to sing? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. That the eyes of your heart be flooded with light so that you can see the wonderful future God has promised to those he called. Today I'm praying, that's a prayer, that your eyes be opened to see the wonderful future you have in God. Whether you're 6 or whether you're 85. With the 110, there's a future. As long as you've got breath, God's got future. Faith is not hoping, wishing, desire, feelings. It's not bargaining. Now, Lord, you get me out of this situation. I promise. You know, many a man in a battle. Lord, you get me out of this gun bullets and let me live through this. I'll serve you the rest of my life. And they didn't keep their end of the bargain. It's not bargain. That's not faith. That's begging and wishing. Wishing. But faith is the substance of things that you wish for. Faith is the substance of things that you hope for. Faith is the substance of things that you were promised in the Word. Nowhere is in the Bible that says you're supposed to do the job you're doing. Nowhere in the Bible does it say my wife, Lisa, uh, McClary was teach school. But she had a vision in her heart from kindergarten. I want to do what that lady's doing. First grade, I want to do what that lady's doing. I want to be a teacher. 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 And it's God-given calling. Everything you're doing is a God-given calling. You're impacting people. I don't care if you're selling widgets, cars, working for the water department. You're ministering to people. You're a doctor, lawyer, whatever. You're ministering to people. If you're checking out people at the grocery store, how many of y'all like to get through the grocery store quick? Thank God for cashiers that move us through there quick. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, huh? But see, 
Everybody is called, and whatever they're doing in life, they do it unto, they're supposed to do it unto the Lord. So do you see with faith or do you see with fear? Now, we've talked about this before, the promised land. In the Old Testament, it's called the promised land. You know what it's called in the New Testament? The kingdom of God. Come on now. The Old Testament is the promised land. In the New Testament, it's the kingdom of God. You got to pursue it and chase it and go after it and fight for it. Because God promised them, said, if you go, I'm giving you the promised land. Well, he didn't give it to them. They had to fight for it. He made it available for them. The kingdom of God is available for every person on earth. You got to go get it. Let's look at these real quick. Get your pen out. We're going to read one through four. What happens when we see with the eyes of fear? We have taught this, but just as just a quick reminder, what happens when we see and recognize fear in your life? I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of that. You ever heard somebody say, I was afraid that was going to happen? They was in faith for something wrong to happen. Number one, we exaggerate our difficulties. When you see with the eyes of fear, we exaggerate the difficulties. Oh, that's hard. That's going to be too hard. That's going to be hard. We're not even going to do that. It's just too hard. What do children of Israel do? The scripture there says it's a magnificent land, and the people are powerful. The cities are fortified, uh, but there are giants there. We can't take that land. We can't. They exaggerated. Did you know that the people in the promised land were sweating bullets for 40 years? Because they had heard about the Israelites and what they did to the mighty nation of Egypt. And they go, oh, they've come in here. And when they went in, they said, where y'all been? We've been sweating y'all for 40 years. And they're thinking, they're too great. They're too much. So much so they had to die off in the wilderness because of unbelief. I know people that never stepped into anything of God because they, I know people that have killed themselves. They love Jesus, but they couldn't trust him. They didn't believe in him enough that, to trust him with their life. You talk to them about the Lord and they just cry and, oh, I love God, but they didn't trust him. And they took their life. That's the enemy. Come on, let's open up and trust God today. Let's believe God. Number two, We underestimate our own ability. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he. I know you got it on, it's on your bathroom wall, that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not you. Don't look at your ability. Look at the God on the inside of you. It's God's ability. Numbers 13, 33, and this is chapters 13 and 14, if you want to read about the children. We seem like grasshoppers in their eyes. And we look the same to them. How many of you know you get a, when you get negative, you become a mind reader in the negative? Oh, because I look at some of y'all, and if I let my mind go, man, he's blowing it today. Man, they, look, you're sitting out there. Man, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. That's what I'm thinking you're thinking. But I'm not moved by what I see. I'm like Brother Hagin. Y'all look like cabbage heads. He said, you don't change your expression. And he said, I used to preach to them when I was a kid. No. Listen to me. I love every one of you. Listen, we have got to step up to the next level. Let's keep going. Number three, when you see with eyes of fear, you get discouraged. This always happens. Discouragement comes. 
And all the people, when they heard the, the negative report from the ten, they all began to weep aloud, and they called, and they cried and called out all night. Ah! Y'all ever cried all night over something? And you say, well, I ain't no crier. Well, then you're the next one. You start to gripe and grumble. Gripe and grumble. Gripe. Can't ever get ahead. Everything's this is just stupid. <laughs> I was told that when I came here. What are you doing? Everything you're doing is just stupid. <laughs> That's all right. Come on. Jesus is Lord of everything. Even You know what? They chastised Jesus so I could have peace. Isaiah 53. Oh, they made fun of him, called his name. Come on, prophet. You a prophet? Who just prophesied to you? Man, I've been slapped with words. Somebody said, man, you get stabbed in the back every week. I hear it. I said, you know what? Jesus is Lord. Come on, that's how we overcome. We're not going to give in to, to negative. Come on, encourage yourself by the, by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. No griping and grumble. Number five, eventually, they gave up and blamed God. And you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. They gave, gave up and blamed God and, and said, Why is the Lord bringing us to this land to be killed with swords? We'd be better off back in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. You know what they did? They wanted to go back to their comfort zone. Your comfort zone is not the place of faith. That's why I'm poking you, I'm pushing you, I'm gouging you. You know, Patrick used to train people and work them out, and he'd push them and push them. Come on, do one more, do one more, do one more. And they're like, oh, I can't do another one. Come on, believe God, believe God, believe God, believe God. I'm pushing you to step up, to go to the next level, to believe God. Come on, push, prod. You can do you can do it. You can do it through Christ. And you know what happens when you start walking in faith? You're going along and you're like, you get in the flesh and you go, wow, how did I get here? This is God. I never dreamed I'd be doing this. I never dreamed I'd be at this job. I never dreamed that I'd be blessed. I have a house like I've got. That's faith. And then faith, when you start seeing yourself who God called you to be and what God called you to be and being diligent with what God given you. Because see, that's another sermon for another time. People forget to be diligent. What did Brother Copeland say? If God gives you a cow with a bag of gold around his neck, be diligent with it. Take the gold, milk the cow, sell the cow. But what happens? We just grab the gold and run. Well, that cow's yours too. Be diligent with everything, every little, every little bit. That God gives you. Did you know that you can be diligent with your smile? Smiling at them people. Smile at God then because they represent God. John said, if you cannot love your brother whom you see, how can you love God whom you haven't seen? Everybody in here represents Jesus. Smile at them. Come on. That's Jesus. I don't care if you it just, oh, they just grate you. Get that smile out. See them as Jesus sees them. He died for them. 
There's a promise in them. They may be the, just the negative. They may not have no faith. They may be grippy, complainers, but you love them because you want them to change and be like Jesus, not like you, <laughs> like Jesus. I can't conform to your image. I'm trying to conform to Jesus' image. So let's, let's dig what, 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 ha- what happens when uh, we see with the eyes of faith. I want to show a video, and this video really jumped at me because, listen, listen, we're living this life. This life, look at me, everybody, look at me. This life is training for the next. You know, in the Word, it says that how you live this life and how you walk in faith will determine what size city you'll be over. What kind of reward you receive in heaven? You see, believers make it to heaven, but God honors their faith and rewards them. That's why there's crowns. The four and 24 elders throw down their crowns. They received a crown because they were men and women of faith. Okay. God's a rewarder. You know, I heard one preacher say, we ain't giving candy away in children's church. And their children's church, well, pastor's like, We've been giving candy away for 10 years. He just don't know. There's nothing wrong with rewarding kids for being quiet on the quiet seat, giving them a prize, because God's going to give you a prize when you make it in. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So so we're going to be rewarded how we live by the word. Not that I had three kids and I made two million a year and I drove a Lexus or I drove a a, a Jaguar. Let me try to get that. I can't get that, you know, to roll off. How they say it on the commercial. That has nothing to do with it. What you attain in this life doesn't matter. It's what you attain by faith. What, what, what level you're on. Because, see, listen to me. This, this, no, listen to me. This is heaven. You ever met somebody that sized you up? We size up people all the time. In heaven, everybody's honored. Doesn't matter if, I, if you get a crown and I don't. You still honor me because it's heaven. It's going to be honoring. Man, we're going to be known as you're known. I'm going to look at you and, and God's going to give you a new name and I wonder what it's going to be, but I'm going to know it when I see you. I'll just look at you and I'll know your new name. This is heaven. And I'll know that how you lived in this life. I'll look at somebody that I've never met before and I'll know how they lived this life on earth, what kind of faith and joy they had and strength they had in the Spirit of God. That's heaven. And I'll know them and I'll honor them. And that's why we got to honor everybody that comes in here. Because they're the children of God. And they may not be saved, but they're going to get saved if they come here. And they'll become the children of God. And so when you start looking at people, you say, I want to honor them. I need to honor them. Because in heaven, you're going to be honored. And you're going to honor others. We're all equal. In this life, well, you know, they're not this. They're not that. I'm educated. I'm spitting bad today. It's Holy Ghost fit, though. But I'm going to tell you something. You're honored. God loves you. But listen, we're on an even kill. It's about faith. I mean, I, I said last Sunday, I, I don't have, I never have, never have worked on my upper body. I got skinny arms, skinny body. I'm skinny. I'm a runner. But, you know, there are people bowed up, but that's nothing to do. It's faith. Everybody's equal. Develop your faith. Grow your faith. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen your faith. Faith is faith. You've got it. What are you doing with it? 
I'm just coasting, Pastor. There ain't no coasting. Then don't, don't eat for a week till you start developing your faith. I guarantee you, you'll start developing your faith so you can eat. Listen, fasting does not change God. It changes you. Faith does not change God. It changes you. Because let me just tear down another sacred cow. Well, you can't use your faith to make God do stuff for you. No. God's already done stuff for us. Our faith is how we receive it. We're not changing God. He's already moved. It's already done. Woo! It's like if I bought you, if I took you to the buffet today and I paid for it, I'm not going to feed you. You, you're, everybody in here is big enough to feed themselves. or But God wants you to feed yourself. He's paid for the buffet through the blood of Jesus. I'm trying to help you. Come on, get excited about the things of God. It's been paid for. If you gave me a vehicle and said, I paid for it, Pastor, it's in your name, I'm going to drive it. I'm going to drive it till the wheels come off. We need to be driving the Word of God and the promises of God till the wheels come off, till we go to heaven. We don't walk in saying, it's greater as He's in me than He's in the world. Let's watch this video. This will challenge you right here. I learned this from uh, Joel Osteen. That, that's my man. He be texting me. That's my man. This, God done put some people around me. Show me some stuff. He was telling this story. He said, uh, this man that went to heaven, he was walking with Peter uh, down this aisleway, and it had, was going down this corridor, had a lot of doors on it, and said all these doors had names on it. And he said, uh, Peter, let me ask you something. What's, what's, the, what's all these doors with these names on? He said, don't worry about it. Just go ahead. So he kept walking. And he messed around. He saw one of them doors and had his name on it. He said, whoa. He said, hey, Peter, this here ain't got my name on it. <laughs> Something I need to know. He said, man, don't worry about that. You, you here now. Just go on in there and talk to him. See what he, he, he said, no, nah, I won't know what's in the door. He said, you sure you won't see what's in the door? He said, yeah. So he opened up the door. It was a warehouse. It had number shelves on it. And then the shelves had nothing but packages. And all the packages had his name on them. And he said, what is all these boxes? He said, that's all of the blessings. All of the things God wanted to ship to you. But number one, you didn't ask him for it. Then number two, you didn't believe you would have it. Then you, you doubted him. And then you, you felt like you wasn't worthy. And so now all these boxes is up here. Now the man standing there wishing he had never even been in the room. And I started thinking. I got some dudes that work for me. And I said, I want you to do this graph for me. And that's what I'm finna show you now. See, what you have is, when God sends your package, he only sends it to one street. That's Faith Street. You got to stay in faith. You can't move off of Faith Street. You can't get on Doubted Drive. You can't be over there and start doubting it, because your package gonna go right on by. You can't lose your faith and get on not meant to be way 
Because your package is going to keep going right on by. Because the package just go to Faith Street. You can get your little feelings hurt. I ain't worthy. Guess what? Your package going to keep going right on by. You have not because you ask not. Then you sit up here and start feeling sorry for yourself. You go over on pity way. Your package keep going right on by. If you stay right on Faith Street, don't ever come off. Because the blessing is coming. If you wait on it, here it comes. It may not come when you want it, but it on time. But if you get up and you move off of Faith Street, your box going to get sent back to Sunday. And now you're going to have a warehouse with a bunch of boxes with your name on it that you didn't never get. And I don't know about you, but I want everything he got for me. If he got something for me, I need all of mine. Because I don't know about you, but God lay you out, man. God will give you stuff. Man, he done took me places. I ain't never thought I was going to go. I done seen parts of the world I never even thought I could go to. He done gave me stuff. He done put people in my life. God will do it for you, man. But you just got to stay, man. Use these principles of success. Understand, God is just that way. He'll lay you out. Because if he can lay me out, see, if he fix me and change me and get me over here trying to do better, I ain't perfect. I'm just trying to do better. I still say some stuff I ain't supposed to say. You understand? I ain't, I ain't got it all together yet. I just got in the gate. I'm a new kind of Christian. But ain't no lock on my gate either. So if, if you see, once you, once you check me, I'm probably going to check you back. But I'm getting better at that. I don't know how to love my enemies yet. I'm getting better at it, though. But it's a process. And the more times we can make people understand that it's a process, the more people can come in. And y'all people that have been good to me, that have been praying for me. I mean, man, my mama. If she could see me now. I just wish my mama could see me. Because she's been praying for this hill all her life. Watch my son. Well, he done watch me, mama. And I'm cool now. And my philosophy is very simple. I was who I was. But I am who I am. And I'm cool with both them people. Because who I was wasn't that bad a cap. I made some mistakes. But, I, but I've been changed a little bit. And it's still a process. Uh, now learn this one. All right. Now, I hadn't seen that in three weeks. I sent it to Leslie three weeks ago, I think. But I sat down last night, and I wrote some things down, and we're going to get to them at the end of the service. And I'm going to, the Spirit of God had me to write some deep stuff. That's pretty deep. Faith Street, where you live? You on Faith Street? Let's go to, let's go what happens when we see with the eyes of faith. Number one, faith will shrink your problems. Come on, that's a counter to it. It's Genesis 18, 14, is anything too hard for God? And God's on your side. And boy, when you start looking with the eyes of faith, well, that's not a big deal. What you thought was a big deal is not a big deal with God. Number two, faith opens doors for a miracle. Faith opens doors for miracles. I'm believing God for miracles. I want to see miracles. I want to see miracles in our services. And here's what happens. You've seen miracles before, and you've seen it happen in different ways, and you always look back to how they happen. Well, how about God wants to do a new thing? How about God wants to use you instead of you coming for the show? 
How about I, how about I pick up five of you and say, next Sunday, you bring what God says? Huh? Because you know what? Here's the thing. If I ask you to stand up, are you ready to give me the promise you're standing on? What promises have you been standing on this week? I know that's not right. We're supposed to be standing on, remember? Standing on the promises of Christ our King. Through eternal ages let his praises standing, stand. We sang that and we didn't have a clue while we were singing. That's a revelation that we're to stand on the promises of God our whole life. Never get off of them. Faith is like a rope that you rope that promise and bring it to you. Man, I was with the five brothers, and we roped a two-year-old bull. And we pulled him through the fence and tied his head up next to the post. We had a hold of a big problem. But the rope handled it. He couldn't do nothing until we turned him loose. When we turned him loose, the boy, first one wanted to ride, he went straight up about 12 feet. And then that bull said, I ain't having this no more. And he broke the gate. And he's dragging the rope. And they're yelling, get him. And the youngest one was about 10 years old. And it was like something to see on TV. He had that rope and that bull was dragging him across the pond. And drug, drug him through the pond, across the water, across the pasture. And finally he let go. And we're running behind. Hang on. <laughs> you know how boys are. We rednecks, you know. Hey, watch this. Let's ride that bull. Listen, your faith rope will handle a two-ton bull, a two-ton problem. Okay? We roped that bull, and we handled him. And he weighed 2,000 pounds. There is no problem too great for God that you and God and your faith cannot handle. You better get a hold of faith because problems are coming. Man, your parents get sick. Your kids get sick. I mean, they, I got to, y'all, the rumor is they're closing the plant down. What are you going to do? You just bought a car. Your wife's fixing to have a baby. What are you going to do? I'm trusting God's what I'm going to do. And God, the Spirit of God spoke up into me and gave me a promise. And you know what? I could back it up with a word, even though it was my word. If I lose this job, I'll get a better job in Jesus' name. If I lose this job, I, I walked around that plant. I don't know if this rumor's true, but if I lose this job, I get a better job in Jesus' name. The next job was not a better job. It was the equal. But I had gotten a word that my next job would be better, and my next job was the best job I'd had in my life. And I believed God for that job. And I, my confession was I'd get a better job. In one year, when I lost that job, one year later, I had the best job I'd ever had, made the most money. What I was tithing, or what I was making in a week in that first job, I was tithing. Oh, that's when I started, Woo, man, look what God's doing. Thank you, Jesus. Keep my head down. Let's just get, do, let's do the word. Come on, faith will change you. Where are we at? Number two, faith opens the door for miracles. Number three, let me, let me read something. Let me read something. Mark 11, 22, 24, love it. Have faith in God. If you have faith in God and you doubt not, 
or you don't doubt, you could tell this mountain, get up, jump into the sea, and it would obey you. Whatever you ask in prayer is yours if you only have faith. The law of faith is greater than the law of the physical. You can't make a mountain go into the sea. Yes, you can. Literally. I know a church in Japan, they had one acre. They needed more room, and the mountain went straight up behind them. And somebody come up, and they believe in God for, to move or get more land, and somebody came knocking on the door and said, we want to take the mountain down behind you. I know that's your property. They gave them another four or five acres. They took the whole mountain down behind them. Well, it's impossible. No, it's not. Jesus walked on the water. It's impossible, Pastor. Jesus walked on the water. And Peter said, make me like you. Make me like you, Jesus. If that's you, make me like you. Bid me to come, make me like you. He said, come on. He stepped out of the boat, started walking. He's walking by faith because he's looking at Jesus. He takes his eyes off Jesus. He begins to sink. Keep your eye on the promise. It's like a, 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 a hitting a, a hundred mile an hour fastball. You got to keep your eye on the ball. You've got to keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the promise. If you don't have it yet, smile. It's mine. See, because you got to get it in here before you get it out here. You got to get it in your heart. It's mine, it's mine. Okay, y'all getting quiet on me. Don't go to sleep. Number three, faith positions us to receive from God. Doing the word, speaking the word, puts you in a position to receive from God. I would have never gotten the better job if I had never had a confession that started looking for the better job, believing God for the better job. And the next job I got, I was working all day. I was working until 8 o'clock at night. I couldn't go to church on Wednesday. I couldn't spend time with my kids. And I stood out for two weeks, and I started declaring, Lord, at 5 o'clock, because I want to go home at 5 o'clock. I said, see these people going home, Lord? Half of them don't know you. I do. I'm your child. I want to serve you. I want to go to church. I want to spend time with my kids. Father, I thank you that you opened the door for me to get a new job. Father, if I go in McDonald's, they're going to be talking about a job, and it's mine. I want to hear it. If it's in the newspaper, let me see it. Guide me to the better job. Even if you have to bring somebody to drive up right here and offer me the job. Every day for two to three, two and a half weeks, I stood outside. I went outside and stood at all this traffic because mine's a big city. I said, look at all this traffic, Lord. They're going home. I want to go home at 5 o'clock. I want to go home at 5 o'clock. Father, I'm your child. I'm, I serve you. I love you. I honor you. I want to go to church on Sunday. I want to go to church on Wednesday. I want to follow you. I, I, I believe you to give me a better job. If, if I go in the store and they're talking about it and it's my job, I want it. Every day I went after that new job, new job. Two and a half weeks, a man drove up on the lot, or drove up outside. And he said, you know, I came here looking to hire somebody. I thought this would be the place for it. He said, would you, I like you. He said, would you like to come for a job interview? On the inside, I was doing backflips. I can't even do backflips in the natural. But on the inside, I'm going, yeah, I'll come interview with you a job because that's what I've been praying for. <laughs> Trying to hold my composure? Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be there Friday. Yeah. On the inside, I'm going, ah! That's how faith works. I didn't quit. Every day, every day. 
You see these people going home at 5 o'clock, Lord, I'm your child. I serve you. I work with the youth. I want time to work with the youth. I want to do it. I want to be. I want to be with my kids. I want to be with my wife at night. I want to go to their ball games. I want to be at off from work at 5. I want a new job. How's it going to happen? I don't care how it happens. I want a new job. Come on. It's called staying with the word, staying with the promise. Okay, number four. Faith unlocks the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes and amen. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Well, I don't have them. Stay with it. Don't quit. Don't quit. Number five, faith turns your reality. Or excuse me. Number five, faith turns God-given dreams to reality. I threw God-given dreams in there. Our dreams. And, and here's the thing about God-given dreams. And, and I know because the, the, the negative side of it, people say, well, I didn't get it. So the Lord must not want me to have it. Let me get my spit in my mouth. <laughs> That's baloney. That's wrong thinking. If it's in the Word of God, it's promised to you, it's for you. Because you don't have it, something's hindering it. Powers, principalities, rulers of darkness. People. I mean, that man was driving down the interstate and thinking, I need to hire somebody, and said, there it is. Pull in there. That's the Spirit of God. Drew, drew him to me. If you're not standing in faith, you're not drawing anything to you. Come on. Start believing God. I'm pushing you and stretching you today to believe God. God turns our God-given dreams. If it's a word, if it's a promise in the word, it's God-given. It's God-given. Number six. Well, let me read Ephesians 3.20. It's a great prayer. Glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we could dare to ask or think. See, there have been many times in my life, let me just go with that just for a minute. There have been many times in my life I saw the promise and I thought, man, I want that. And I thought, you know what? This is it. And you know, I think this is it. This is it. And I start moving towards it. This what? This is it. This is it. Because I saw it. I opened myself up. That's what I want. That's what I want. But yet that wasn't what I needed. What I needed was even better over here. But because I opened myself up to believe God for just, let me just believe with that, for that. That would be awesome. And I thought, man, this is it. But yet God had even greater. And it wasn't exactly the way I had it pictured. You know what I'm saying? We picture things, you know, if I had this and I had that. You know, most of you, everybody in here, if I said, would you take a million dollars? You go, yeah. But are you ready for a million dollars? How long would you live on it? I've told stories. I know people who received $2 million, $2.5 million, and in three years, they didn't have nothing. They weren't ready for it. 
Well, give me a chance. I know what you're saying. But you're not ready. You, are you ready to do something with it? You spend it. Yeah. It won't last that long. You think it will, but you know what? You're going to make over a million dollars in your lifetime. Where does it all go? Right through your fingers. My point is, use your faith to start preparing your things for the greater. I can do that. I can do that. Man, I have breathed in back like, oh, Lord, how am I going to do that? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My pastor and I drove. We went to a youth conference, and the Lord spoke to him, and, and I was all for it. Matter of fact, every youth pastor that we had had in our church said, we need a youth building. We need a youth building. And the Lord spoke to him. When we're on the way back, we goes, we're going to build a youth building. And I'm going, oh, Lord. Oh, Yeah. But I knew it was going to be on me to grow the youth, to develop that building, to, to finish that, to, you know, to decorate the building. But I was like hyperventilating. Oh, in, 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 but God, this is crazy. God just blew it up. My point is, is you got to get ready. Get ready. I'm not. Okay. Go ahead and stay, and stay stuck in the mud. I'm trying to get the stick out of the mud and let's get washed off and let's go on with God. This is called faith. And I don't care what you need. I don't care what it is. God will move you. It gets better every day. If you cannot believe God, then start your confession. It's going to get better every day. It's going to get better every day. In the name of Jesus, it's going to get better every day. Because that's a promise. Oh, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Gets better every day. The path of the righteous. You're righteous by the blood of Jesus. Okay. If you don't believe it, it's still true. Number six, faith gives me power to stand strong in tough times. He's saying what anchor holds. <coughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do? I'm gonna believe God. That's your just quick, that's your first answer. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna believe God. I'm gonna find promises to stand on. If I don't have any in my heart already, I'm going to find promises to stand on. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust God, and it's going to get better, and it's going to better, and God's going to turn it. And God said he'll take anything, any problem that even comes into my life, and he'll turn it for my good. That's a scripture. I said that's a scripture. Come on. <laughs> Paul said we're pressed on every side. We're crushed. We're crushed, but not destroyed. Come on, that's what he, that's what he read. We're, we're crushed on every side. Troubles come. We're broken, perplexed. But we don't give up. We don't quit. We were attacked, but God never abandoned us. We were knocked down, but we just keep getting up. Just keep getting up. Tell the devil, come on, hit me with your best shot. God and me are going to win. We're going to close with this. You know, on the right-hand side of your notes, there's extra notes. Get ready to write. God is not moved by need. Matter of fact, he moved one time. In the beginning, when Adam and Eve fell, God said that her seed would bruise Satan's head. He saw the need. And for thousands of years, he prepared to send Jesus into the earth. 
God sent Jesus to take care of every need. You begging God to help you to do something, he's already done it. That's what faith sees. It's already been taken care of. I need to go cash it in. Now, God wants us to receive by faith what Jesus has provided for us in the kingdom of God. All of us know that Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross for the sins of the world. But his blood was shed not only for the sins of the world, but to that make the promises of God come to pass. The blood was shed to pay the price, not only for your sins, but every promise to come to pass. The resurrection proves that everything that he promised is true. Get a hold of that. We just had Easter. The blood paid the price for every promise to come to pass in your life. The faith ought to be rising a little bit. The resurrection proves that every promise is true. Jesus said, I'll give my life and I'll raise it up again. What he says is true. You can trust God's word. You can trust God because all of heaven backs God's word. All of heaven backs God's word. The blood of Jesus paid the price. The resurrection proves that everything's true. And every promise has been provided. We have to learn the promises. We have to think the promises. We have to talk the promises. We have to receive the promises. And we have to carry the promises. I'm carrying the promise of God to you today. You need to carry the promise of God to your kids. You need to carry the promise of God to your family. You need to come carry the promise of God to your coworkers. But so many times we just, oh, Lord, here I fill my cup. Lord, it's all for me. You can't have none. Oh, this is good. God has been good to me. No, I ain't sharing with y'all. We're supposed to be overflowing to people. Who just, I can't stand. I want to be around you all the time, man. This goodness of God flows out of you. We're supposed to carry it. We're supposed to learn them, talk them, walk them, overflow with the promises of God. I'm not trying to beat you down. If you're in the first grade, don't be beat down. You can go to the second grade. Once you learn, move forward, move forward, move forward. And then start saying, I'm bold. I'm bold to move forward in the promises of God. I carry the promises of God with a smile, with boldness. You ever met somebody that tried to carry the promise of God in their own strength? Y'all just need to get saved. You just need to pray. You ain't got any faith. What's wrong with you? They're operating out of their flesh. The over and the promises of God are just ooze out of you. I, I watched this old minister. Golly, he started back in the 1900s. God delivered him. He was a moonshine runner, and we had them in Louisiana too. But when he got saved, all the corns and calluses on fell off in his shoes because he was a dancer, you know. He would get drunk and dance, and he had calluses on his feet and corns from dancing. And he got saved, and his shoes were full of calluses and corns. God saved him. He became a preacher. He's the one I tell about. He cranked his Model T, and his arm broke. And he went to the ladies. They're having church prayer on Wednesday and Tuesday, and we have church prayer Wednesday, Tuesday, Friday. And the ladies laid hands on him. God healed him. And they said, well, Pastor, his arm probably just bruised. It wasn't really broke. Three weeks later, it broke, and it was hanging. And he buttoned his coat. And he put his arm in his coat and preached with a broke arm. And they said, you got to go to the doctor. I'm not going to the doctor. God's my healer. 
Oh, we're not that way. And I'm not saying you can't go to the doctor. I'm just saying that was what his stand was. And one Sunday night, he got in the pulpit. He said, come on, let's just lift our hands and pray. And he went like that. He pulled his arm out of Jack and God had healed him. Hey. But you know what he did? He, he carried the promise with him. He would, somebody was sick. I watched him. He would get up to him. You know, man, God is so good. God's a healer. God wants to minister to you. God wants to bless you. And he would just start sharing scriptures about God, what God wanted to do in their life. He was a carrier of the promise. Next one, salvation's not enough. Oh, that's a big statement right there. Salvation's not enough. You have to now live kingdom promises. Live the promises, live the principles, live the privileges, live the rights. What do you mean? If everybody in Withville, hear me, if everybody in this city got saved today, Monday, there would still be people in poverty. There would still be people having marriage problems. There would still be people that their children would be rebellious, even though they're saved. See, it's more to it than just believing. We got to live it, and our lives will change. When we start living the promises, yes, they need to get saved. This is my heart's cry that everybody know Jesus, but it's also our part, our part to discipline or be a disciple, to, to know and learn the promises of God, to, to speak the promises, walk in the promises, think the promises all the time, to live it. It's not just enough to, well, I believe. Well, the devils believe and tremble, so there's more. God wants you to have more. I know that's a, that's a, that's a crazy statement to some people, but it's more because we're not just, it's not just insurance from hell. Oh, I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. I had a young lady we were witnessing, and, and my buddy said, man, do you know, are you going to heaven? You know Jesus? Oh, yes. I'm a good person, and I'm not poor, so I'm going to heaven. He's like, What? She goes, oh, I'm a good person, and, and I'm not poor. I'm going to heaven. Only poor people go to hell because they're bad. Or she, That's the mindset out there. Listen, we've got to live the promises where people want what you've got. Jesus died and shed his blood to back every promise. He rose again to prove that every promise was true. And this is the last thing. He sent his spirit to be your helper. You don't have to do this alone. Do you know how many times the Holy Spirit bumped me and said, this is what you say. This is what you say. This is how you believe. This is how you believe. Because when you're like, oh, what, what am I going to say? What am I going to, how am I going to pray about that? The Holy Spirit's my helper. He'll bring, up, he'll, he'll bring up the word to me, and he'll say, no, no, you can believe for better. There's better. There's better. There's more. He'll push me. He'll prod me. He goes, and I'm going to empower you to do it. I'm going to help you. He's our helper. We're not in this alone. We got a partner. Jesus said, I'm with you always. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. How to prepare. They're going to say this. What if they say that? How do I answer? The answer comes. 
You ever been to where somebody asked you a question about God and stuff just started rolling out of your mouth? You wish your mama was there to go, man, way to go. You know, like somebody could see this. This is awesome. Last thing. I was telling our brother, and I, was, I, t- I told some this week because God started stirring in me. We're to do the work of an evangelist. But we're also to pray the prayer of an apostle. An apostle is a sent one. And that really didn't speak to me, but a sent one. What does that really mean? It's taken from the Greek and from the Romans. When the Romans took over a city, how many of y'all know Whitfield's ours? It belongs to the kingdom of God. So listen, when the Romans took over a city, they sent a general. They sent an apostle. And he brought with him language experts. He brought with him architects. And they started changing the city where everybody talked. The language of Caesar. And they built buildings so Caesar would be comfortable. And they started changing the culture so Caesar would be comfortable. And the Bible says that God has sent apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Apostles go to change a culture so Jesus can be comfortable. Apostles, you apostles, change your house so Jesus can come to your house and be comfortable. You change your heart so Jesus can be comfortable. We want to change our church so Jesus can be comfortable. But we want to change our city so Jesus can be comfortable. Where the presence of God will come and sit on our city in southwest Virginia. Lives will be changed. And people say, well, man, I used to do that, but I don't do that anymore. I I serve God. And I'm not bitter about it. I'm just, man, I'm serving God. I, I don't need that. See, we want Jesus comfortable in our lives. That's why we want to change our thinking, change our words, change our atmosphere. We want to speak His language. Whoa. Be stirred today. Start changing your words. Start changing your thinking. Start changing that. You know what? Where I go, the kingdom of God goes. Bow your heads today. This week, I'm going to be pushing. Our, this, these next few weeks, I'm going to be prodding you. Some of you have left some things behind or you won't take the next step. Come on, take the next step in God. Come on, be stirred to do the things of God in your heart, in your life. You know what it means to shore something up, to, to, to back it up, to make it stronger. Make God stronger in your heart, in your life. Let go of the hurts. Let Jesus cleanse your heart. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Will you raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brad. I I need Jesus. I want his promises to come alive in me. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. Is that you? Raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else want to accept Jesus and all that he has for you? It's the gateway, it's the doorway to the greater life, isn't it? Let's all pray this together. Say, Father, I come today. I give you my heart. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe 
that he died on the cross for my sins. Today, I make him Lord and King of my life. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you, Father. Now say this and we'll close. Say, Father, open my heart to your promises. Reveal your will through your word for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.